Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jason Snow back here once again for another episode of the Jason Snow Show. This one is number 34 for Tuesday, July 6th, 2021. How are you today? I hope all is well in your world, and I hope you had a great 4th of July. I know I did. It was it was good. It was pretty good. Uh, weather wasn't exactly ideal. I mean, maybe I like it hotter than you might. I mean, I... Fourth uh, of July, I think of clear skies. I think of ninety-two degrees, but it wasn't like that this year. But nonetheless, we made the best of it. Uh, but I'm going to record this and then go straight to my TV, arch back in my recliner, and be glued for the rest of the night because we got the match on with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Phil Mickelson. That's going to be on at five, and then at nine o'clock, I, bl- I believe that's what time it is. Um, we have the NBA Finals, Game One, Phoenix versus Milwaukee, two teams that haven't been there before. So it's going to be a fun matchup. And uh, stick around for the end of the show. Great segue. That's what they teach you in, in radio school. Uh, <laughs> teach things with segues. Um, stick around for the end of the show. I'm going to give you my predictions for the NBA Finals. I'm going to tell you how I came to those predictions, uh, how I evaluated this matchup, and not exactly a preview, but what to look for. What to look for. Okay. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. I certainly did. But um, w- one thing I'm, I wasn't sure of, of of the 4th of July, and I never am, is that hot dog eating eat-a-thon or whatever that is, uh, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. If you, you know... If you haven't heard of it before, don't don't look it up. Honestly, just take my word for it. It's I can't watch it fully, uh, but everyone you know, everyone who's American, I think, knows the name Jer- uh, Joey Chestnut, who won his fourteenth title, I suppose you call it, out of the fifteen out of the last fifteen years. Uh, he set a personal record and a world record: seventy six hot dogs eaten in ten minutes. I'm going to say that 76 hot dogs, not, not in a day, nope, not in a week, not in a month, not in six months, not a year, not, I don't even know if I've eaten that much in my entire life, in 10 minutes, 10 minutes, I, I, I spent 10 minutes preparing that intro, that, I mean, he ate 76 hot dogs by that, at that point, so, what I what I did was I didn't watch the entire thing. I didn't I saw like him eat the first four and then got sick myself. So I, I kind of tuned out for the rest of it. But I saw he 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 won the title. He achieved his record. So I saw that. And to me, you know, I don't know if I particularly have a journalism background, but as a lot of you know, I write for a newspaper. Um, and so when I go to these games and I cover events and I uh, I write articles. Usually at the games, I have a little notepad with me, or I at least do it in my phone in the notes section, and I you know, jot down questions. I jot down observations, but mostly I prepare questions for what to ask the particular coach or player after the game, and that's part of the, the job that a lot of people don't see. It's kind of behind the curtain. It's not an exclusive curtain um, to, to ramble on, but it's not exactly glorious or, or anything like that, but it's something a lot of people don't see is the preparation. So I thought I'd unveil, I don't know how often I'm going to do this, but let's unveil a new segment to the show. I don't know if I'll do this, you know, once an episode or once a week. I don't even know. It'll just come, it'll just appear when it comes to me. And it's going to be called Jason's Journal. And so when a specific event or something happens and I watch it and I come up with questions, I'm going to write them down 
and oftentimes viewers like answers, right? You like answers. But let's get curious. Let's think outside the box. Let's do stuff that no one else is doing. Let's ask the questions. We can make up the answers, but what are the questions? Nathan's hot dog eating contest or chug fest or whatever you call it. Uh, I have 10 questions that I jot down to myself that came to me as I was watching him eat six hot dogs that, that day. Here are my 10 questions about Joey Chestnut that I, I wish I could have answered. Number one, let, let's not stray away from the issue here. I bet you thought this as well, just hearing me articulate him doing this, is how did he not throw up? How did you not throw up? Is the first, is the first question I have about Joey Chestnut. How did you not throw up? I almost threw up watching you eat a quarter of them. Uh, so that's easily number one. That's my most urging and pressing, you know, pressing issue with this is how did you not throw up? Second of all, how many hot dogs did that contest have to grill in preparation? Cause you know, he's, you know, I don't even know how many contestants there are, but what's the over under 200. I mean, if Joey Chestnut's going to eat 70 some odd by himself, you got to prepare like 500. And then, so what do you do with the spares? There's another question I have. My third one is, if you eat so much and your body is definitely not prepared for that, or it's not supposed to be, does his life expectancy shorten? Because if you eat that much, and I don't know if you heard, it was like over 1,800 carbs and 35,000 tons of millions of calories and something with an eight with, I think, 12 sixes and then 28 zeros after that. I mean, that, that number should only exist when Jeff Bezos is writing a check to someone. Okay, that, that's, that's really the only space that number has in existence in America. But if you're eating that much, how do you even function? Because, you know, if you do certain drugs, your, your life can be shortened. If you're, you know, if you smoke, if you're a chronic smoker, your life can shorten. You know, there's certain things you can do to your body that certainly makes it deteriorate over time and, you know, shortens your lifespan. I know a lot of people like if you're taller, there's not a lot of seven foot centers in the NBA that grow old and be like 106. If you're older, you see a lot of old scrawny people because their body can handle it. The blood can flow through their five foot three body. You know, that that might be why women, you know, live longer than men. I'm not going to go on a giant tangent here, but does his life expectancy shorten for eating that much once a year at least? Uh, my fourth question is, did he even wake up the next day? How do you eat? I would not wake up the next day. I like I would be in a coma. And then a follow-up question, is there is you know, is there some sort of hibernation that goes along with this? Like, I'm just gonna leave you with that one. Uh, what's his what's his workout plan? Because he's not, I don't know if you've seen him, he's not fat. I mean, he's not jacked by any stretch, but he he's not fat. Uh, I looked it up, he's like six foot two thirty, which you know, a little bit overweight, but if you're eating 76 hot dogs, you'd expect to be, you know up there. Um, so how does he even get that under control is my, is another question. Um, and here's another one. What kind of bet did you have to lose at like six years old at a cookout? Hey, Joey, bet you can't eat that many hot dogs. How many can you eat? And uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. What kind of bet did you have to, I mean, you get roped into a lot of things in life, a lot of chores you don't want to do, but how did you even get started in this? And then additionally, you know, where are the open mics? Because 
think of it like stand-up comics. They perform at, you know, small comedy clubs that before they start selling tickets. Artists show off their small, you know, small art shows before they start selling paintings. Entrepreneurs start lemonade stands. Who first noticed Joey Chestnut? Where are the talent agents that scour American barbecues that just go around and around the country and just, you know, peek in other people's backyards? Um, are there any good eaters here? Is anyone really chowing them down? It's like, where, who first noticed Jerry, you know, Jerry, Joey Chestnut? Who, who first recognized that he had a talent? Can you even call it a talent? There's another question right there. Where did you like build the muscle to do this? Another one is why did ESPN even cover this? It's not even a sporting event. You can call Joey Chestnut an athlete, but it's kind of like esports. They're not athletes. They can be spectacles. Joey Chestnut can be a national treasure. I'm down for that. Athlete? I don't know. We're kind of stretching our bounds there. Um, he can be a star. He's a star. He is a star. He can be an entertainment hallmark. He can be a pillar of American media. He can be just a, a spectacle. I don't even know what to call him, but I don't know. When I think of athlete, I think of LeBron James. I think of um, Kevin Durant. I think of Usain Bolt. I think of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, I even think of someone like Tyson Fury. Um, just physical, daunting, you know, intimidating, big. He, they can be they can be performers. Tyson Fury is, but ah, I don't know. Athlete might be a little bit of a stretch for Joey Chestnut. Um, and then here's another one. What's the interaction like between him and his fans in public? I mean, you, if you meet a singer, you might tell them your favorite song that they sing. Uh, but what do you even say to Joey Chestnut in public? You bump into him at a shopping mall. You jump, you, you know, you bump into him at a Macy's. What do you say to Joey Chestnut? Hey, Joey, how many of those hot dogs did you, did you throw up last night? How many, how many did you see after they went through your system? I mean, what, how kind of disgusting of an interaction is that? What, what do you even talk about with Joey Chestnut? Ugh, I, I can't, I can't truly evaluate this event for you. I can't break it down for you. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. It's not even a sporting event in my book, but it's, it's interesting, I guess it's captivating. It just stuck out to me. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like, you know, if I was covering that event, if my, if my boss at the newspaper said, you know what, Jason, go cover that hot dog event. I just kind of put myself in that shoes. What would I ask? You know, what kind of questions would come to mind? So there's my, there's my 10 questions. There's my 10 questions right there. If you can think of any others, hit me up. I'd love to hear them. But, you know, those are those are kind of my thoughts. Those are my takeaways after Joey Chestnut, just uh, an, an American icon on the 4th of July, won his 14th title, I suppose, of the last 15 years. And competitive eating, where, where does it end? Where, where does it end? It's, I don't get it. I don't get it. How do you even get started in that? Where, where are the open mics? You know, basketball players, they shoot around. They, they work out. They, you know, they have those shooting guns that rebound for them. They train. 
How do you train for that? Bernie's having a hot dog eating contest at his cookout down the street. Me, Johnny, Ronnie, Donnie, we're all going to be there. Uh, Joey, you want to come eat some hot dogs down the street? Who do you think can eat the most? I mean, it's how do you even start? It's like, and who are the competitors that have the guts to go up against Joey Chestnut? Who has the guts? Pun intended. Who has the guts? The, the dude won 14 of the last 15 times. I'm sorry. I'm not going up against that. That's like saying, you know, hey, we're going to have a singing competition. Oh, yeah? Against two. Um, you know, Taylor Swift or whoever. Hey, we're, we're going to be having a three-point contest. Oh, really? You know, who's going to be in it? Steph Curry. Why bother show up? Especially, you know, shooting threes, you know, you're not sick after. Oh, man, I'm sorry for going on this tangent. It's just, I don't know, it kind of gnawed at me throughout the 4th of July. Oh, man. I don't know. Just it, it just it just stuck out to me. But here we go. Let's talk. <laughs> Why did I lead the show off with that? I don't know. Let's uh, let's talk about something a little bit more in the news. Maybe not even in the news. The NBA Finals, uh, a real American sporting event. It's going on tonight. Game one. Phoenix, Milwaukee. I'm super amped for this matchup. Chris Paul, Chris Middleton. Um, not exactly the finals headline you might have thought of. Um, but Giannis is hurt. They're doing round-the-clock treatment on him. Devin Booker, first finals, first playoff appearance. He's going far. Devin uh, DeAndre Ayton, I should say, is making a name for himself. I love it. I love it. But I was thinking, you know, everyone goes through these NBA previews. I, You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm on social media, and I scroll through, and it's like, you know, everyone does a podcast. NBA finals preview. And it's like, okay, that's kind of vague. I mean, we're everyone pretty much saying the same thing. But this year, I think I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to give you what to look for, and I'm going to tell you exactly what went into my prediction. Um, So you can look at games and predicting things a myriad of different ways. And that's kind of the beauty of sports. You can go statistics, you can go eye tests, and that's kind of like a debate within the the sports world uh, between viewers, between analysts, between sportscasters, between pretty much everyone who has eyeballs on the game. Uh, Eye tests, statistics. I I think you can kind of throw everything into kind of a mixing bowl and see what comes out of the oven. I think you could go stats, you could go eye test, you could go feel, you could just go... Uh, matchups. You can go scheme. You can do philosophy. You can just do, wow, you know, this team is really good in big games. Uh, So you can look at things in a bunch of different ways. And that's kind of the beauty of sports and and debates within sports. Um, So if you're leaning stats, I kind of, I can kind of push away from that. I can go, okay, three pointers are the heart and soul of today's NBA. They, you know, has been for the last five years. Who's number one? Utah. They're out. Assist per game, you're sharing the ball, you're pushing it up the you're pushing up the floor, you're playing a very unselfish team basketball. The Spurs did that for years. They won a bunch of titles. That must mean a lot. Who's number one in assists? Philadelphia. They're also out. Uh, least turnovers in the game. If you it's kind of like football. If you don't throw many interceptions, you take care of the ball, you keep possession, uh, you play a very structured uh, way of play. You must not lose a lot of games. Who was who had the least amount of turnovers this year in the NBA playoffs? Memphis, out in the first round. Uh, points per game. You might think you know uh, you score the most points. You can't lose many games, can you? Well, just ask Portland. They're also out. They were number one in scoring in the NBA playoffs this year as a team. <laughs> They're eliminated 
they got out in the first round and have trouble keeping their star. So stats are something, but they're not everything. Um, so Milwaukee leads the NBA playoffs in rebounding. That matters. That's something. Uh, that means you close out defensive possessions. That means you don't uh, give up too many extra shots. Uh, because if you give up an offensive rebound, ten, say, late in the game, that is just an adrenaline. Uh, you just lose so much momentum. It's grueling. You're, you're like playing more defense than you have to. You don't want to do more work than you have to late in a playoff game, let alone an NBA Finals game. So that matters. That's plus. That's a pro for Milwaukee. Uh, Phoenix, they shot the second best percentage from anywhere on the floor throughout the entire playoffs. Um, so they, they shot the second best field goal percentage that matters. They're also second in plus minus, which is kind of like point differential in a way where, um, you know, if you're on the floor versus off the floor, they're, they're a plus seven. Um, so they're second in that stats give stats can give you hints, but there are, there's a bunch of, you know, other factors you have to consider. Uh, I test. I think Phoenix has been the best team that I've seen this year's playoffs. Um, but everyone else has a different perspective, and that's kind of what makes this fun. Um, so here's what I see. From 3,000 feet away, I see, I'm just going to be vague, I see the better team had a week off, well-rested, had home court advantage. All three of their stars, yes, I'm counting DeAndre Ayton, are healthy and rolling. Chris Paul's playing. Chris Paul is coming off the best game he's ever played. I'm sorry. Game six against the Clippers is the best Chris Paul in the fourth quarter you've seen. And he is darn perfect in the fourth quarter. Devin Booker didn't have to do much in that fourth quarter. Granted, the game momentum wise was kind of out of hand at that point, but Chris Paul is a beast. Um, he's playing the best right now. And he wasn't in MVP voting. Mostly, to be honest, if we're counting stats, I think stats had a big reason why he wasn't in the MVP running. Um, and, you know, you look at Milwaukee right now. Yes, they're coming off a Game 7 win. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday playing their best basketball. But they're doing round-the-clock treatment on their best player, their rim protector, their heart and soul. It's nothing against Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. Really good players. Better than I thought they would be. I went on Twitter. I mean, I doubted the Bucks at the beginning of these these playoffs and was like, they don't have a shot creator down the stretch. Chris Middleton proved me wrong. And I went on Twitter and I was like, hey, I'm, you know, hats off to Chris Middleton. He taught me a lot. I learned a lot about Chris Middleton this year uh, in this year's playoffs. Drew Holiday as well, playing outstanding. But when you go out and you're a team, an elite team at that, and you don't have your two-time MVP, Phoenix is coming into this confident phoenix is going to come into this confident um and and i just see a team in phoenix that even when their stars aren't playing particularly well i mean chris paul was out earlier this playoff they have bench pieces that can just pick up the slack not for multiple games but for stretches and for quarters a campaign at 29 points and nine assists in chris paul's absence jay crowder can knock down threes and light up a quarter Cam Johnson can have 12 off the bench. Heck, Dario Saric can hit two threes in a three-minute period and make a 6-0 run into a 12-0 run. Next thing you know, momentum keeps rolling. Next thing you know, Monty Williams is not keeping that foot off the gas, and neither is Chris Paul. I'll tell you that much. And I think of matchups, too, because I thought, you know, earlier in this year's playoffs, I know I doubted Milwaukee, but going into the Brooklyn series, I did pick the Nets, however. 
I, I thought Milwaukee would probably be a good matchup for Brooklyn. I thought Brooklyn's sheer talent pre-injuries would kind of trump this, but I figured Milwaukee wouldn't back down. Um, you know, I, I figured, you know, Holiday can guard either Irving or Harden. Uh, Tucker can guard up against KD. And if Tucker's not, Giannis, 6'11", long defender, two, you know, multiple-time defensive player of the year winner, uh, can certainly match up with Kevin Durant. And then Middleton can guard, you know, whoever Holiday isn't. So I thought, you know, matchup-wise, that was a good matchup for the Bucs. Um, I thought those teams would be, you know, physically even. Not talent even, but physically even. Um I kind of feel that way this year where CP three and holiday can match up, uh, especially if holiday's playing really well, those two comparable, uh, bridges can guard Middleton. You stick a long defender young can guard the ball, can deny it. Uh, Booker can hover on either Bryn Forbes or PJ Tucker. I, I, you know, ideally I wouldn't want to have my leading score chase a shooter around screens, but you know, you do what you have to. Nor would I want Booker really, you know, physically being like Ding up or wrestling with uh, PJ Tucker down in the paint. I, that's not ideal, but and Crowder can body up on Giannis and make things tough, even though he's you know not healthy. Giannis isn't, and Aiton and can bang on uh, on Brook Lopez. So I, I think Phoenix does have the advantage, both talent, health, rest, home court. Uh, if Giannis isn't healthy, I think they have the two best players in this series. I don't expect Milwaukee to lie down. I really don't. I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven, but I'll take Phoenix in six. I, th- I think it's this year. I think, you know, there are certain years that you can tell it's a team's year. Uh, Phoenix, it's their year. They've, you know, I don't want to downplay their run, but they've had a lot of luck in this year's playoff. Uh, they stumble into a uh, an injured Lakers squad. LeBron was hurt. Anthony Davis w- was out. Um, and sure they earned that series and I'm not taking anything away. Deandre Aiden turned into a star in that series and everyone knew Deandre Aiden's name after that series, uh, not taking anything away, but you know, there's a certain amount of luck that goes into winning a championship. Yeah. You have to stay healthy. You have to go into some opponents that have some favorable, favorable matchups. Uh, Denver didn't have Murray. The Clippers didn't have Kawhi and now Giannis is banged up. I mean, that's, that's lucky. You play who's in front of you, not taking anything away. They've earned their way here. But you have to consider everything. And they've gotten some good bounces. Phoenix has gotten some good bounces. And I think it's their year. Um, I, would I be surprised if, if Milwaukee pulls a game out or two? Maybe even makes it a, a tough series in seven? No, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think Milwaukee's going to lie down. But this is Phoenix's year. And... It's just funny to see a team that missed the playoffs a season ago and has been as turbulent as they've been throughout the last decade. I mean, they've, they have stumbled over their fair share of hurdles. They've been miserable. And now I'm picking them to win the finals in six, not even seven. It, it, it's a fun turnaround. I think it's great for the NBA. I am so happy for Chris Paul. He's on this stage, but you know, here's the th- we have we have time here. I also thought of this. Like, I thought of Devin Booker, and we didn't really know much about Devin Booker. He hadn't been on the national stage for long. Uh, same thing can be said for DeAndre Ayton. And there are certain stars in the NBA, like Zach Levine, like Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Bradley Beal. Uh, they can be young, or they've just been victim of bad teams. But I, I've kind of toyed around in my head with 
the idea of putting up stats and, you know, what truly makes your team win. And I think why we're seeing Devin Booker's greatness and we're acknowledging how great he is now is because all you need is a chance. All you need is a chance to be on that stage. And, you know, Minnesota may may need to acquire a Chris Paul. I mean, they may need to to do some stuff to, you know, beef up their roster. But what I'm saying is, like, don't count anyone out. Like, Zach Levine, he puts up a bunch of points. Not great defensively. He's still got to work on that. But to be considered great, all you need is a chance to be on that stage. And guys like Levine, guys like Towns, uh, guys like... Zion, I guess right now, um, they just Bradley Beal. They just haven't had a chance to be on that biggest stage. And I think if they get there, if and when they get there, they'll be a lot better than you think. So I'm not ruling anyone out. Just I, that was just an idea toying in my head. I might have to polish that and store that away for a future podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Phoenix in six. I think it's their year. Um, I think they have a closure in Chris Paul. I think they have an assassin in Devin Booker. I think they have the bench. They have the coach. They have the GM that built this thing. And they have a rim protector in DeAndre Ayton that uh, isn't going to say no to anyone. He, he's <laughs> he's going to have his way. Uh, so I guess it all hinges on Giannis's health. The report still hasn't come out uh, saying whether or not he's going to play in game one. But either way, I think it'll be a tough series. I'll take Phoenix in six. Uh, so that that being said, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Jason Snow Show. I really appreciate you, you know, giving me your ear for the last 25 minutes. I appreciate you so, so much more than you could ever quantify. Uh, so yeah, I will see you again on Friday. Enjoy the NBA Finals. It'll be a blast. I'll see you then.